area as well as across the nation. And the spirit that I've been impacted by, they have, is faith and boldness in evangelism. So there's a renewal, there's a revival thing that they carry that I've experienced. And even uh, just this last month, my son John Mark was with me in three different cities in Texas, got on the phone with us, and he, he was just so tender. He's been graduating from college, and you know all the exciting renewal you get from four years of university, how that makes you love Jesus? He was pretty burned out. But in interacting with these guys, he, he was just coming alive again. And mom and daddy are very happy. And their son is weeping, talking to us about the presence of Jesus. And so I, I have uh, excited about them being here, and I, I want what they have. I want this next level of faith and boldness. I want to connect with the anointing that's on their lives. Now, we're a church, we're a community, we run at a different speed than these guys do. They are crossing the country, multiple campuses, they're going at like 120 miles an hour, pretty intense. Is that true, anybody over here? You guys? Wave at me, you guys that are with Sammy, okay? And uh, so what what I'm, I want to ask you, do you want to receive some of that life and revival passion today? You need renewal. You know, every day we're walking, we're just grinding this out. We need places where the Holy Spirit comes into our, our sails and just lifts us up above this stuff and gives us revelation, wisdom, the awareness of God. So, you want it? You got to want it. You know, you can stand there. You can stand there and think, who are these people? What's going on here? Or you can say, Jesus, I trust you. I don't know them. And I'm not really sure about Mark either. But... Uh, <laughs> But I trust you, Jesus, and I want the life of your spirit. So you just pray that with me. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We're under the lordship of Jesus today. We're not looking to men. We're not looking for performance. We want you, Jesus. We want the work of you, Holy Spirit. And I I thank you for this man who comes from a godly heritage, who has years and years of ministry. Despite his hairdo, Lord, he is... He's someone that has great maturity in faith. Hallelujah. That he, he walks in great authority, Lord. I've, I've seen it. I've tasted it yeah. in his life. So give it to him, Jesus. Yeah, come on. Give it to Sammy today in a way that rocks us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you, Amen. Tell, you know yes. yourself better than I know oh, you. Oh, come on. So uh, you can. Can we give it up for Mark, though? Can we truly just give it up yeah. for him? As you could see, we're twins, you know, can't you, t- identical. Um, man, I am, I'm stoked to be with you guys. How you guys doing? Okay, here's, here, I want to kind of introduce our crew real quick. Can, can the squad stand up, our squad, my squad, squad, so you can look around. This is our squad. So squad, on the count of three, just shout your name, okay? One, two, three. So you guys got that. It's cool. Okay, thanks. Sit down. Um, my name is Sammy Rodriguez. Everyone say, what's up, Sammy? What's up, And uh, I want to just share a little bit about me, and then I'm going to share about our team, and then we're going to jump into what we feel like Jesus wants to say. Now, knowing me is, is I'm from California. Any other California people here? Come on, shout out Cali people. Say, hey. Okay. 
And uh, I'm from the Bay Area, San Francisco, as you've heard. Are you from the Bay? Are you from the Bay? Come on. <clears throat> and, uh, and something to know about me is my dad is Puerto Rican. Do we have any Boricuas in here? There we go. We got two of them. So, hey, two but three's company. Hallelujah, you know? Later, we're going to be doing some merengue salsa. No, I'm just kidding. But one thing you got to understand about me is, uh, is, is I'm, I'm kind of a loud person. Everyone say loud. Wow. And, uh, and my dad just, I want to kind of give you a context of who I am. My dad, he, um, he's got six brothers and seven sisters. Everyone say dang. So Latinos, the thing about Latinos is we actually take Genesis very seriously, right? <laughs> Be fruitful and multiply. We're like, done. You know what I mean? Like, okay, okay, we doing it. Yes, we're into it. And uh, my grandma, literally 14. And so when we get our family together, what's crazy is there's literally, this would be the size of my extended family, not even joking. Literally, I just went home to the Bay Area, and my aunties are very Latina. You know, what, what that means is they're always asking me to get married. Mija, why are you not married? And I'm like, auntie, I'm just a little busy. Mija, you're getting older. And I'm like, auntie, just, just. Let me be a millennial, you know, we got to do our thing. Miha, is something wrong? I could pray for you. Why? Because they're, they're very forward, right? Like, like Latinos will tell you if you gained weight. Wow, you look a little fat. I could pray for you. And then they'll walk away, you're like, oh my God. <clears throat> okay, not only do I have that, um, I also have my mom's white Norwegian. Shout out to white people, eh? <laughs> yeah. Jessica, hi. Uh, but to know me is, I, my mom's from Oregon. I didn't grow up with any of my mom's family. I grew up in the Bay, and then we later moved to Stockton, which is the hood. You know, so it's like I grew up in that. And then even more than that, I grew up in a Latino but more predominantly black church. Hallelujah. Come on, give me a hallelujah. Okay, so just so you know. Deep down in all our hearts, and if you say no to this, this what I'm saying, you're lying. We all just really want to be black. It's just, <laughs> it's just the truth. Yasmin is like, yes, yes. So knowing me is, is we, we, we like to be loud. I'm Latino slash black. And honestly, I really am deep down inside. And uh, my only conversations with white people when I was growing up was with my mom or half of me. Like, I would com communicate. <laughs> so... And then I got white friends when I joined YWAM 10 years ago. Micah, love you. <laughs> but all that to say is, man, I, I feel extremely excited. Now, that, that's a little bit about me. Everyone say, carry the love. Carry the love. And uh, carry the love in simplicity. We, what we define it as, or our motto is, see the need, meet with love, repeat. And uh, we're not the only team. We're not doing 200 events. There's six other teams out right now. So there's a team in Colorado, in California, in the dirty, 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 dirty south, Louisiana. <laughs> Tons of, because it's way down there. There's a team in the Midwest, and then there's us, and then did I miss a team? I don't think so. Anyways, if I miss a team, there's one more. But, yeah, that was us. So, <laughs> what we believe is we believe that Jesus changes everything. Can I get an amen? Okay, another thing we do in my church, just, just we're going to baptize into a Latino family tonight. It's okay to just sh shout me up. Everyone say, shout me up. Shout so everyone say, come on. Come on. Go there. Go there. Tell, the Tell the truth. Shame the devil. 
And then you can say whatever you want. You know, just shout it. We're going to have some fun this morning. Everyone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Give me a big old smile. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> not only that is we're a part of this thing. You may have heard of it. You may not have called Together 2016. And that's happening in Washington, D.C., where we're believing for over a million people to gather together on the mall in Washington, D.C. to declare that Jesus changes everything. We've been working very closely with this group called Reset. We did all their media. We're doing all their college campus mobilization. And so there's a bunch of stuff, but for the sake of time, I just want to jump into two quick stories. Can I do that? All right. You guys are amazing. This morning, the, the, the title I have is, What Do You See? Everyone say, What Do You See? Pray with me real quick. Jesus, this morning as we talk about disruptive catalytic faith, I pray that you would just come and communicate a fresh message to us all. Lord, I thank you for every family here. We honor every family that's been here, every campus. And we pray, Jesus, that we would get a fresh glimpse of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Another fun thing as I turn, we're gonna, you can put the scripture on uh, the screen. I read out of the ESV, the most literal version of the Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. But uh, we were just in New York City, and as I said, we do campus stuff. And in New York, we saw over about 33 students say yes to Jesus, to a relationship with him. Come on, shout out that. Hallelujah. And one thing, Yasmin actually went to Columbia. She's an alumni, and she told me that in a year in New York, although there's 600,000 college students, Less than 3,000 go to a, to a Christian organization like Ivy or Crew or Chi Alpha. And in a whole year, they usually lead less than 30 to the Lord across all 80 campuses. Come on, everyone say something's got to change. So when we look at the 33, we, we're stoked. And, and for us, we don't look at it as like, man, we got the answer because we've been broken to realize that Jesus is the answer. And what we realize in the same way, Boston has 114 campuses with about 250,000 college students. Now, we're focused on college students, but this message this morning is just as much for you if you've been out of college or never went to college or even went to community college. We love you too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was like, come on, man. No. So this, this, this message this morning with, with rad radical disruptive faith, I believe Jesus has something for all of us. Anyone want a fresh touch from Jesus this morning? Can I get a little wave? Come on. Okay. Here we go. If you turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 10, I'm going to correlate these two stories, and, and I'm, I'm thoroughly excited about it. We're going to read a lot of the Bible. If, another thing to know about me and circuit riders and carry the love and all our crazy names is, we love the Bible, and, and we believe that it is God's word inspired by God, written by man, and that if we live it out, we could change the world. I think D.L. Moody said this quote where he said, one of these days, someone's going to take this word and read it and live it and change the world. And we believe that this is what we, we set our guideline towards, the gospel in Jesus. Amen? Come on. Everyone say, come on. And if you want to just wave like that, you could do that too. Have some fun. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Don't worry, I'm only going to go three hours. Just kidding. No, I'm just, everyone's like, excuse me, I need to eat lunch. I know. Here we go. Verse 17 in chapter 10 of Mark. It says, and as he was, I'm sorry, my voice is preached seven hours yesterday. And as he was setting out on his journey, 
a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher. Everyone say good teacher. Now remember that. This is going to be a key word. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And then he kind of had the response, like puffed up chest. He was like, yo, I got this. He's like, I got this. And he said to him, hey, t- hey teacher, ra- Rabboni, you know, rabbi, all these things I've kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, it says he loved him. He, he, he agaped him. That's what it says, unconditionally. He saw him and he loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. It says, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And then they keep going a little bit longer, and, and the disciples are like, yo, how, how is this possible? And Jesus, in paraphrasing, he says, what is impossible for man is possible for God. Go to this next story for the sake of time. In verse 46 of that same chapter, and I believe God puts stories together for a purpose and for a reason. Right after that, there's this story of blind Bartimaeus. And it says, and they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, everyone say Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Everyone say a blind beggar. says, the son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus! Son of David, remember that. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said to him, call him. And they called the blind man, saying, take heart, get up, he is calling to you. Come on. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. As we get ready to jump into this story, I need to be even a little bit more vulnerable. And and we might have some fun with this, but, man, again, I, I told you I'm a little Latino and part black and white and I love Asians, too, you know, so I just, <laughs> I love the races, you know. But is there anyone, we're going to be honest, that when you were young, you had a little bit of a fear that maybe, just maybe, just possibly, you might get left behind, okay? And you know what I mean. Come on, look around. There's a couple of us. You're like, I'm going to get left behind, and Nicolas Cage is going to walk in my door. My parents are going to be gone. Can I be honest with the story with you? Is that cool? Let me hear a Yes. Little Sammy, cheek, everyone say cheeky. I have two older sisters, you know, and I'm a very cheeky monkey, which means it's an English term for saying I'm a, I'm a jokester. But little Sammy, when he was eight years old, he woke up from his nap a little disturbed. Everyone say disturbed. Let me play it out for you. He's in bed. He wakes up. sees the MJ poster. And says, one day, me and you are going to play together. 
looks at Showtime and says, Lakers are the best. Just kidding. I know you guys are Celtics fans, but hey, okay, I am a Laker fan. But anyways, everyone's like, I'm not listening to this guy anymore. No. I wake up and, and to my amazement, my, my sisters are gone. And I was like, God, you answer prayers. I'm, I will follow you all my life. No, I didn't say that. But they're gone and I'm like, yes. God, you knew they were holding me back, you know. But, but, but if you're like me, I, I love my dad, but anyone like me, a mama's boy a little bit? Come on, be honest. If you're a mama's boy, wave at me. You guys are all liars, all right? And I love my mom so much. And I find out, I go, I, I go out and I, I, I peer out the window and mom is gone. No car. Now, dad was working. I already knew that. But, but I, I couldn't find mom. And I was semi, just semi-freaking out. Everyone say semi-freaking out. Just like, just like, oh, just like one of those, oh, I'm okay, oh, you know, just like, just like a, oh. So I run back to my room, and I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I got Showtime and MJ. But I look around the house, go to mom's room. She's gone. I'm like, she, she's nowhere to be seen. And in the back of my head, all I hear is, you've been left behind. I'm like, no. No. And literally five, ten minutes play out, and I'm freaking out. Literally, little Sammy, eight years old, is freaking out. Because I literally thought, I looked at the clouds, and why, why do you look at the clouds? You're like, they let me behind. And they're crazy clouds, and you're like, God came, I got left. Dang it, you know? <laughs> and then I like, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gather leaves. And I'm like, why was I going to gather leaves? So that when the aliens come, I'm going to hide in them. Like, what kind of theology is that? <laughs> I'm eight years old. Come on, give me grace. And then I'm like, I'm not going to gather leaves. I'm just going to play dead. You know, 10 minutes go by. And then I'm in my room, back on my bed, and I'm weeping. And I'm like, God, I don't want to hang out with Nicolas Cage. He's a bad actor. <laughs> I didn't say that. And I'm weeping, and then mom comes in like, honey, here's your peanut butter and jelly. Honey, are, are, are you crying? I'm like, Mom, no, I sneezed, Mom, and it fell on my face. Get out of my room, Mom, I'm getting older. Why do I tell you that? Because your perceived reality could be your present restriction. No, no, write it down. Oh, yeah, write that down. Oh, yeah. Your perceived reality could be your present restriction. But everyone say, but... One T, all right, but heaven's perspective could be your daily productivity. I'm going to say it again. Your perceived reality could be your present restriction, but heaven's perspective could be your daily productivity. Everyone say disruption. Now, if you're like me, I hate being disrupted, or better yet, everyone say Transition. Anyone feel a little bit in a transition? Can I get a little bit of a wave? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny? We're like, totally God, I'll do anything. And God says, just moves one thing, and you're like, come on, God, you left me, you know? <laughs> but God loves to disrupt the system so that he could call something out in a greater way in our life. Let me take you to the story for the sake of time. But I want to encourage you this morning, if you're in a bit of a transition, 
It's because God is disrupting the norm because he's called you to something greater. I don't care if you're a college student and a high school student or if you're 88 years old. God is calling you to a disruptive lifestyle for the rest of your life. Maybe, everyone say maybe. Can I, can I see some families? Like if you, have, if you have family and you have kids, can I get a little wave? Look at this. Okay, look around. Maybe the most disruptive thing to do is to raise a family well. Maybe the most catalytic thing you could do is make a family that would last. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah? Why? Because so much of the time I grew up in church or I grew up in ministry and I see families that are maybe looking like they're crushing it in ministry, but their family is broken. And maybe the most disruptive thing, which I believe is in your heart, could be to raise a family well. And maybe Boston, because this is the deal. College students, but more than college, humans on the earth all desire to belong. Everyone say belong. belong. We just want to fit in. We just want to belong to something. So we'll do something crazy just to belong. But the body of Christ, this church, this family, CFCF says, hey, it doesn't matter what you believe, you belong here. Why? Because when they come, they'll be changed by the presence of God. Let me hit three quick things. Of what do you see? One more time. Everyone say, what do you see? Okay. The rich young ruler versus blind Bartimaeus. Everyone say, what is their posture? Ask your neighbor. Say, what was their posture? Say it again. Come on, ask your neighbor. Say, what was their posture? Everyone's like, what do you mean? Like bad posture? No. What was their posture? The rich young ruler, remember I told you to remember this. When he went up to Jesus, pretend Jesus is here. The rich young ruler came in and said, good teacher. Everyone say, good teacher. He said, what must I do? He looked at Jesus as a means to an end. He, although he grew up in church, or he grew up doing all these things, he didn't see Jesus as the blind man saw. When he, even though he was physically blind, he could spiritually see. And even though the rich young ruler, thank you for fixing that, even though the rich, I'm like sliding, surfing. Even though the rich young ruler could physically see he was spiritually blind. Why? Because blind Bartimaeus, his posture was like, they, he heard Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And what did he say? He said, son of David. How did he know that? Because he had a revelation that Jesus wasn't just a good teacher or a prophet, but he was the son of God, the son of David. Everyone say, what was their posture? I believe many times when we approach Jesus is that it could be easy to approach him as an additional thing. And as we go campus to campus to campus, I have this fun little line I say, and I'm going to tell you, but I say there's a difference between knowing Jesus like Obama and knowing him like your mama. <laughs> what does that mean? Obama is our president, rad, we'll pray for him, we love him, but none of us have his number. And if you do, hook it up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> none of us could call Obama and say, yo, probably shouldn't say that. But our mom, we'll call her right now. And you talk about our mom, we'll hurt you, right? You're like, don't even talk about my mom. Too much of the time we hear about Jesus. 
and we, we see him high and lifted up or, or, or too far away, and we're like, I kind of know about him. And, and in Christianity, or a lot of times on campuses, you hear a lot about this Jesus, but you don't know him personally. The blind man was blind, but spiritually he saw that it was Jesus. Here's the second point. You guys with me? Now, as we dive into it, everyone say this with me. Everyone say, what was their ask? Because right out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to pay attention to what's in someone's heart, pay attention to what they say. It's a good word. It's a good word. Thank you. Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. The rich young ruler, he says, good teacher. How do I inherit eternal life? He looked at Jesus again as a good teacher, but more than that, he told him his resume. And I've been there where I've been like, God, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. How do I add to my life? And he looked at it and he looked at the law as the fulfillment. And even though he was perfect in the law, he lacked one thing. He says, how do I inherit? What the rich young ruler wanted to do was he wanted to gain his way into the kingdom of God. But what what did blind Bartimaeus say? Blind Bartimaeus is over in the corner. Literally, his disciples, many scholars believe that the head disciples were the ones that were telling him to shut up. He's sitting down. He says, son of David, what does he say? Have mercy on me. And all the leaders are like, he's busy. Jesus is busy. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. But it said he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. He realized the depravity of his human state. And he realized that, man, I could only get so far. But if only Jesus would come here, I know he would change everything. What was their ask? We see their posture. The rich young ruler just wanted Jesus to add something to his resume. But the blind beggar did not even care about his reputation. Everyone say reputation. He didn't care what it looked like. He didn't even care that the head leaders were the ones that were screaming at him to shut him up. He said, I know that there's something good about this guy. What happened was he had a deeper revelation than many of those who were walking with him. What was their ask? The third thing I want to share with you as we go through this is what was their conclusion? Tell your neighbor. Ask him. Say, what was their conclusion? Come on. Say it a little louder. Say, what was their conclusion? Say, I'm about to tell you right now. The rich young ruler, he said, hey, Jesus said, you know the commandments. Follow them. Da, 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 da. And the rich young ruler, puffed up chest, was like, yo, Jay, Yeshua, I got this, you know? I got it. He was like, he was really looking for like, wow, 12 gold stars for you. Let's go get some hummus. You know, that's what he was looking for. <laughs> but Jesus, in his kindness, said, one thing you lack. Everyone say one thing. 
He said, one thing you lack. He said, go, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And come and follow me. And it said, he went away sad, disheartened, confused, some translations say, because he had great wealth. I believe that this story of the rich young ruler doesn't even always mean that we have to sell everything we have. Because some people say, okay, go sell everything you have and just move. But I believe it was a heart posture that Jesus was saying, are you willing to give up all to follow me? The conclusion was the rich young ruler went away. The blind beggar, everyone say blind beggar. Bartimaeus. Because he didn't stop screaming, because he didn't stop saying, God, son of David, mercy is a part of your nature. And I know that you will give it to me if I just keep knocking. What happened was the disciples turned around, and I almost feel, this may not be true, but I almost feel begrudgingly. They're like, hey, he's calling to you. Why don't you get up and you're making us stop. We're going to be late for the restaurant. <laughs> okay. But what does it say? It says that he sprang up immediately and threw off his cloak. Man, I love that picture. Because when God calls us into something, we, we, we can't carry the old into the new. We cannot carry the old into the new. And I believe the beauty of transition is it disrupts things because he doesn't want us to carry the old into the new. CFCF, in the midst of the transition, could it be that God is calling all of us, and I include myself in the crazy Latino, I'm a crazy Latino, I'm a part of the fam, hey, could it be that God's calling all of us into a beautiful transition that may be uncomfortable, but it's calling us into a miraculous season? Come on, give me a hallelujah. And could it be that God would send a crazy young 26 Latino? To come and tell you that your greatest season as a church is around the corner. And more than around the corner is at hand. And could it be that all it requires is for you to let go of the old, which is known, and run to the new. And that will be the answer to your miracle. Come on. Why? Because for the sake of souls, we say yes. Comfort is awesome, but souls are better. Comfort is great, but souls are better. Why? Because the reality is, is that people are dying and they don't know Jesus. And I know that CFCF and Antioch and this, this body, you guys are souls driven. And that's why we love you. We want the lost to know him. Blind Bartimaeus gave up everything, ran forward, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Guys, this morning, I heard the Lord say, the question I'm proposing to you is, what do you want me to do for you? A lot of the times we're like, uh, 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 I didn't even know you were going to ask me. Um, I don't know, a car? No, but like, <laughs> maybe that's just me. <laughs> but God, he said, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus, without hesitation, said, that I would recover my sight. And it says, your faith. Everyone say faith. faith. It says, faith has made you well. And it said, immediately he was healed. And then in the following verses, it said, and right away. He followed him. Come on. He didn't even have to ask. Jesus didn't even have to ask him because he knew in his heart he was willing to give it all to follow him. 
as we close, and if I could get the band up, because I believe that not only is there a call for the whole church, but I feel like individually there's a call. I'll tell you a brief, brief, quick, quick stories about a little bit over a year ago, um, two years ago, my, my dad had two heart attacks and was supposed to die. Luckily, God saved his life. And then a year to almost the date of that, my mom, when I was traveling crazy, was diagnosed with cancer, skin cancer. And this was in the midst as I was coming out east, and I was in New York and Boston, and it was an insane, stressful time. But I remember hearing that and being like, man, I have two opportunities. I can let my circumstances control my response, or I can say circumstances will come and go, but my response will stay grounded in who Jesus is. And what I decided to do was I decided to say, you know what? Circumstances are not going to make me. But what they're going to bring out in me is the beauty of Jesus. And even though I was weak and didn't have all the information, I trusted Jesus. And I said, Jesus, I trust you in the midst of this pain. And so this morning, I feel like not only is there a corporate call, but an individual one, is if you're in the midst of transition or these crazy circumstances, I believe Jesus wants to activate faith tonight. And by tonight, I mean this afternoon. <laughs> so if I could get some keys and, and, and a little bit of sauce in the back. <clears throat> if you want to respond to that call to carry catalytic faith as this church I want you to stand <laughs> come on and this is what we're going to say because the people of Israel when they were leaving Egypt slavery and entering into the promised land the one thing that kept them from their inheritance was unbelief everyone say unbelief so what we want to do together, I'm doing it too, is we want to drop kick unbelief out of our life. That's probably me. Disruption. <laughs> hey. So say this with me as a church together. Come on. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, give me some volume. Say, Jesus. Jesus. We, hate we hate unbelief, unbelief. Because, because it keeps us Jesus. from our inheritance. So in Jesus' name, we throw off all unbelief, all, the, all of the old, and we embrace transition, and we walk in faith, and we say yes to following you, and we say yes to the massive harvest you have for this city, for this region. In this nation, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Come on, give a shout to Jesus. We got a little Pentecostal there. The second call as we jump back into a little bit of ministry, I want to invite you up. If, if there is a pain or you feel personally you're in the midst of a real transition season, and if there's a, you're like, man, I might relate to their sickness and I don't understand but there could be any type of category that's for you we're going to respond in worship but if that's you and you're like man 
I want to be done. I want to move out of this season into faith. If that's you individually, I want you to come up right now, and we're going to respond. Now, if there's just one, it's totally fine. If there's three, that's fine. It don't matter. If you know it's you, I want you to come up to the front. Come up to the front right now. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. Come on. Come up. Come up. Let's shout out for these people. Let's shout out to these people. And if my crew could come up, my squad, and we want to pray for you. Okay, so they're going to ask you, what is that thing standing in the way? And then we're going to pray for you. So if that's you, come on. Come closer. Kind of like a Berkeley concert. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. This is awesome. We might need a couple other people. If you would want to jump in, start praying. And let's do this. Everyone here. Everyone out there, stretch your hand to them. Everyone here, stretch your hands up. And everyone here, you say this with me. Say, Jesus, will you recognize that you're changing the old and you're giving me something new? So I'm ready, even though it's scary. Activate faith in my life, in Jesus' name. Okay, we're going to sing this song and then some people are going to pray for you. Go for it. Kingdom 